0: You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by E.J. Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it. New York. Let's get to it. The time for talking prognosticating is almost over because on Saturday the Knicks will take the court at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse House to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers for Game One of the NBA playoff. Tip-off is set for 6 p.m. Eastern Time. So be there or be square. The Knicks. Won the season series over the Cavs 3-1 to with their last win powered by a career-high 48 points from Jalen Brunson. That was on March 31st. That was also the team's first game without Julius Randle this season. He has been sidelined with a sprained ankle and has yet to be cleared for full contact in practice. He has done partial things in practice. He's done some shooting. He's done some full-speed sprinting, but no contact as of yet as we record this podcast Friday morning. I guess maybe we'll get more word, but it sounds like the Knicks will probably play this right up until um, near tip-off in terms of whether or not Julius Randle will play in Game 1. Meanwhile, the Cavs return to the playoffs for the first time since LeBron James left the franchise in 2018 when they lost to the Golden State Warriors for a second time. Uh, But the reserve, um, Seti Osman, is the only player left on that 2018 roster. So last time they were in in, in the playoffs, they were in the finals, but only Osman is the guy. Who's still on that roster? So an entirely different team, an entirely different makeup, an entirely different coaching staff leading the Cavs this season. So let's talk about the importance of Game ones, because we're starting the discussion in this podcast talking about Game One. Game Ones have always been super important in the NBA. Uh, teams that win Game One in the two two one 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 format of a seven game series, they've gone on to win their series seventy five percent of the time, almost or more than seventy five percent. There uh, three hundred and four and one hundred when they win a game one of the uh, playoffs. So let's also talk about road teams playing in game one, because that's where the Knicks are right now. Very crucial Knicks win this game, because teams that win game one on the road go on to win their series about 48% of the time. Teams that lose game one in their series go on to win about 14% of the time. Those teams are 42 and 250 in series as well, teams that win game one are 54 and 58. So this is a crucial game for the Knicks coming in here in game one as the road team. So I asked Tommy first, when you think about this matchup, looking into game one, particularly, what are some of the things you're going to be looking for right out of the gate to kind of maybe give an indication of how the season's this series will go.
1: Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, immediately it's going to be Julius Randle and his ankle. Um, one, is he on the floor? Um, and, and that right now, it seemed like we were trending in the right direction earlier in the week. Um, and depending on who you ask, on, on who you listen to, um, it sounds like he may not suit up or you pessimistic that he's going to play. Um, you know, uh, he, he still hasn't been cleared for contact. Um, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, you know, again, I, I think your point is well taken that they're going to play right up close to the vest and, and they're going to leave it uh, up in the air for as long as possible and basically and, and not give any details and, and firm details or, or plans um, un- until basically they're legally, legally obligated to um, because, as we've discussed, it makes sense to, to do so, um, to to force the Cavs to kind of prepare. Will Obi be in the starting lineup? And then, if so, the Knicks are, are a different team. Um, you know, they're, they play with a much faster pace. Um, obviously, the the gets it gets divvied up uh, far greater among Randall and uh, – I'm sorry, Barrett and Brunson. Um, and Grimes get more shots, whereas Obi's uh, – of a, uh, you know, finisher. Um, so that that that's kind of what we'll see. Um, you know, I, I did see a quote from Jared Allen yesterday. There was a clip of him saying, oh, you guys think Julius Randle might not play? They're kind of chuckling, like, basically saying, we're preparing for Julius Randle to yeah. start, um, you know, and, and play game one and be Julius Randle, essentially. You know, that's kind of what they're game planning for, which I, I think makes sense, the fact that he's, you know, that the fact that he's practicing. Um, but again, so much up in the air. Um, you know, I think we'll get a better feel as, as EJ mentioned, we're recording this Monday morning. Um
0: a Friday, yeah. Know.
1: Uh, sorry friday mo- friday morning mm-hmm. um you know we'll see what Tibbs has to say post practice today um, again even if he does is not clear for full contact you know that doesn't mean he's not going to play um you know saturday morning shoot around uh, you know we'll see we, you know we're basically going to have to play this by ear it'll probably be a game time decision I-, I should say it-, it will probably at least the Knicks will say it it will be a game time decision <laughs> yeah. whether they make an determination um you know uh, saturday morning saturday afternoon friday night friday at- um, I'm, I'm sure they have a good sense i'm sure randall has a good sense i'm sure the team has a good sense and they're going to they're going to keep that uh in house um but yeah I, I mean obviously you know and, and and assuming that he does play um how does he look is he you know is there any signs of limping any 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 you know was he does he cuz you know he was really explosive and you know we we know what he brings to the table um yeah. i i think that's probably the first thing i'll keep an eye on you know first few possessions of game 1 if he's out there and if not you know how the Knicks look about him is is will, will be the story
0: yeah, I mean, you mentioned kind of Randall's explosion, uh, Randall being a physical player. Not to say that anybody wouldn't be, you know, less of themselves without, with an ankle injury, but it feels like Randall's the kind of guy that if he was compromised, he yeah. would, uh, you know, be be far less effective out there. So um, Randall and his health in this situation, of course, is the the main story coming into game one. But if I, if I take a step outside of that, in terms of what I'll be watched for in game one, Almost regardless of whether or not he's out there, um, because I think the tragedy may not change. I will be very curious to see how the Cavs guard pick and roll coverages with Jalen Brunson. Um, they kind of let Jalen Brunson just cook the last game, and boy, did he cook. I mean, he was cooking up uh shrimp pasta, he was cooking up steaks, he was cooking up uh you did all all the fine delicacies because man, that 48 point performance he had a 30, they got 33-point first quarter first half performance was an absolute masterclass and uh, the Cavs took notice and J.D. Pickers have said that it, 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 it was a wake-up call for his team and that they definitely saw you know just how dangerous a scorer Jalen Brunson is so we've seen teams implore this a couple of times this year you know kind of sporadically saying okay you know we're going to try to take the ball out of his hands and Jalen Brunson is a very unselfish player from that regard where he'll give it up I'll be curious to see if that's something the Cavs do immediately in game one. Is that how they start this series? They plan A to say, hey, we're going to take the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands, make RJ, make Quentin Grimes beat us? Or will they say, we're going to play this straight up. We have Isaac Coro. He's back. Maybe he's not 100%, but he's close to 100%. Let's see how he does man up against Jalen Brunson before we make that adjustment. I think that's going to be crucial. I think if the Cavs mess around and don't try to get Jalen Brunson's Uh, the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands, I think that could be a disaster for the Cavs. I I think that that would be a big mistake. I think they're going to have to find a way to get the ball out of his hands, make Mitchell Robinson uh, on the short roll, really the decision maker, make Julius Randle more the decision maker on on those short rolls, as opposed to making Jalen Brunson do what he wants. So I'm really curious to see how the Cavs guard JB. You know, he's the, the difference from the 2021 team outside of, of course, Mitchell Robinson being back and the bench guys being a lot better. But when you really look at, Why did the Knicks have a chance in the first round? You start with saying, well, now they have Jalen Brunson. Now they have that point guard. So how teams guard this star point guard that the Knicks have, I think will be a very important thing to watch for in this series.
1: And similarly, on the other end of the floor, how do the Knicks defend uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell? Uh, He's capable of... of you know, 35, 40, 45 points in a big playoff game. Was a dude that's averaged 35 plus points um, for a series and, and shot and slash 50, 40, 90. Um, you know he's as good a, a offensive player especially once he gets going so do you let you know and, and the, the age-old question do you let the guy you know get his 44 points and then you know and, and prevent other guys from you know getting you know Mo, uh, Mobley dunks at the rim and, and Jared Allen easy shots close the basket um, you know do you drop off you know to Prevent those those easy buckets off pick and rolls, um, you know that 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 kind of action because the Cavs are going to look to to put Knicks you know really stress the Knicks defense. Um, yeah, but yeah, just to, in 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 relation to the, the Brunson point, um, the in the only really injury question from the Cavs side of things is is Isaac Okoro. Um, uh, he injured his knee. Uh, I believe it was March twenty sixth. Was the game uh, the twenty eighth rather? It was the game prior to Brunson's forty eight point explosion in Cleveland. And Okoro is the guy that's basically tasked with covering the, the opposing team's top perimeter score, top perimeter player. Yep. Um, yeah, we saw it uh, earlier in the season, the January meeting between the two teams did a really good job holding Brunson a 5 of 13 shooting. Um, and obviously he wasn't there in, you know, for the 48-point game. So assuming he plays, um, and again, we'll probably get the uh, injury reports, uh, the first injury report Teams will most likely release it this evening, Friday evening. Um, I, my assumption is, is uh, Randall will be listed as questionable. If Randall's listed as doubtful, then then there's obviously major cause for concern there, um, which yeah. basically seventy five percent chance he's not going to play. And teams can't really mess around too much on that with all the gambling implications and all that other stuff. Um, the list right. is pretty you – know, in other words, they're not going to list him as doubtful and if he's actually probable, that type of thing. If he's listed as probable, that's obviously great news for the Knicks. That means he's good play. Um, but, again, you know, questionable leaves you in that you know uh, on-the-fence area, um, which, is, yeah. uh, which is what I think they'll be. Um, uh, Coral may be listed as questionable as well, but he's probably closer to the um, – uh, probable side of that tag um so we'll see you know we'll see obviously everyone eye off for the injury report which should uh which should drop us sometime this evening
0: yeah um just watching clips while we were talking of a Coro uh covering brunson and he did a pretty good job on him in those one-on-one matchups so uh he's gonna be a crucial piece of the series I know we'll we talk plenty about um, Donovan Mitchell, we talked plenty about Garland, but his defense on Jaden Brunson may end up being the difference, Um, especially if they don't decide to take the ball out of Brunson's hands, blitz screens, double screens, and they're saying, okay, we're going to let Isaac or our best defender uh take on this matchup. This is essentially why we drafted him, right? Like, yep. we didn't draft Obi Top, and We drafted this kid because he was a Swiss Army knife defensively. He can get after it, guard multiple positions. So it, maybe they say, hey, let's go, kid. This is the opportunity. This is what we've been asking for. Or maybe they say, hey, um, you're going to play tough on-ball defense, but we're going to give you a lot of help. And that would open things up for other guys. And that's where the R.J. Barrett, the Emmanuel Quicklys, of course, Randall, um, Josh Harts and Quentin Grimes have to make plays. When you look at – one thing I will say too –
1: yeah, go ahead. Sure. One other thing on Okoro, just b- before we move on, um, you know, you kind of think of him as, you know, a defense only guy, you know, those players, those Bruce Bowen type guys, obviously not on the mm-hmm. defensive level of that, but, you know, a guy you right. basically can ignore completely on, on offense. And yes, the Knicks are going to dare to shoot. Isaac Okoro beats you, then he, then he beats you, so be it. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at the numbers, he, he actually shot a lot better than, than I would, would have thought. Um, over the final 44 games he appeared in. So basically dating back to Christmas, he shot 54% from the floor, most importantly, 43.4% from deep. So this is not a guy that's, you know, going to be scared to death to take a corner three if he's wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to, you know, the Knicks will live with him taking and making them. Um, but again, it's not, you know, don't, don't be shocked. If Okoro knocks down, you know, three big threes at, at some point, uh, you know, in game one. And um, it's again, those are the type of guys and, and the role players tend to play better at home, you know, all that type of stuff you know going into a, a playoff series it's you know and a game that i think most folks will assume will be tight um you know throughout the contest those those could be some big shots that a takes and we'll see if he makes. them
0: yeah they, 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 he's gonna have opportunities i think for the knicks they can't overreact to shot making from some of these other guys um yep. we know castler gonna make some shots a is gonna get some wide open threes it's just you have to give up something when you come to playoff basketball Particularly, you have to decide what are you willing to live with? What are you willing to give up? You can't take everything away. So, Isaac Carl is going to get some threes, and he's going to make some. And you're going to have to live with that because you can't have Donovan Mitchell going for 50. You can't have Garland going for 40. So, you're going to have to live with those. You're going to have to live with Cows getting some buckets. Um, you're going to have to live with a couple of things. But you, what you can't live with is giving up everything. It's saying, okay, those guys are getting off, but also Donovan Mitchell's getting his. Garland's getting his. Uh, Allen's rolling to the basket. They got to be able to take certain things away. So when it comes to Garland pick and roll, do you take away the roll man and be comfortable with Garland taking a lot of in-between, maybe kind of contested twos? Uh That's something that we talked about with Jackson uh, Gillette yesterday, and Jackson was awesome um from uh, Fear the Sword. Like, these are the kind of things that Nick's going to have to discuss. That's kind of what I was going to come to uh in this next discussion was, to me, I am very curious what they do also defensively, as you mentioned. Um I feel like I can only take what I saw on the last playoff series with Tom Thibodeau as a head coach. But from what I saw, Thibodeau seems like the kind of guy that the Knicks are going to do what they do. And there really won't be much of an adjustment until it's like dire, necessary last resort kind of things. Like we watched that series against the Hawks and, you know, they didn't hunt Trey Young until like game four or game five. Um, they didn't really take the ball out of his hands until game four. Like they 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 went into a series with a certain strategy and when it, it only when it was clear and obvious it wasn't working, then there was then there was a switch. But to me, it almost felt like it was too late and it was it was too difficult to adjust at that point in time. The series was already over. I'll be they very curious they, to see like what the they yeah, didn't catch up
1: from Peyton until halfway through the series, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like there were these moves that, like, were very clear that probably should have been made from the beginning. That that yeah. didn't happen. So, I I think the Knicks will come in saying, "Hey, you know, they don't typically double guys really. Like, that's not really what they do." Um, so they, I think they're gonna let Quentin Grimes go out there and guard Donovan Mitchell, and it worries me a little bit. Not because Grimes isn't capable, not that he's not a great defender, but like Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell's guy is gonna be. Uh, probably a first team All NBA player, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if Mitchell has a big game one, and and the Knicks lose. Uh, I'm really hoping that there's a quick adjustment on how they cover that. You know, now if Grimes does the job and their defense is solid and they and they play their principles well, then I, then you know I'm not saying if they ain't broke don't fix it. I'm just I'll just be very curious to see is there any change to how they normally uh, guard a player like Donovan Mitchell, and if it doesn't work, how
1: quick will that be adjusted? I will say this in the 48 point Brunson game, the Knicks, the Knicks win uh, March 31st, you know, let's not forget Mitchell was the guy that looked like he was going to, you know, erupt. Yeah, I thought he was going to get 50. Yeah, he hit his first eight shots was nine of 10 in the first quarter at 23 points um you know so it looked like he was gonna cruise and then you know and and you know Hart came in grimes actually did a good job a a decent job defensively you know it wasn't like you know he got lost in you know oh yeah he was hitting tough
0: shots yeah
1: do tough contested threes and that's what donovan mitchell does i mean that's uh, he's there there are not many more talented shot makers uh on the planet um but then Hart came in um did a good job against him and something else we'll talk about uh in the next segment but um a key part of that game was hard playing an offensive foul on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, about four minutes left in the second quarter, Mitchell went to the bench. Knicks made a run to close the half. Um, it, it, the Knicks will really be focused on, um, you know, trying to get those guards in foul trouble. And something we'll talk about consistently throughout the series is depth is a big Knicks advantage. So if you can tire the, 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 that core four out and or, or get them in foul trouble. And one other thing regarding um uh, the, the kind of Mitchell defensive tactics, et cetera. I'll be very interested to see um, if Deuce McBride gets some run. Does Tibbs mm. throw him in for three minutes in the, you know, start of the second quarter for four minutes stretch in the, you know, the end of the third, just to kind of muck up the game a little bit. Um, McBride is as, as good at the perimeter defender as the Knicks have. Um, you know, does he throw him on Garland and press him 94 feet to kind of take some yeah. starch, um, you know, take some air out of his tires. Um, those are the kind of things um, we'll see. I don't know if it'll happen in game one, um, depending on how, you know, the if Grimes is knocking down his shots, you know, IQ, Brunson, etc. Um, but that's something that, you know, kind of uh, Tibbs might keep in his back pocket um, based on the feel of the game. If he needs some aggression, if he needs some energy, if he needs a spark, um, I could see him going to McBride um, and and leaning on uh, McBride's defense. And then, you know, then, of course, the, the opposite is the, the Cavs are going to ignore McBride off, uh, on the defensive end and, and let him shoot threes. You know, does he knock down a jumper or two? Um, those are the, you know, the key things that, you know, um, you know tend to decide playoff games. So it'll be fascinating to watch.
0: Yeah, that's a that's an important point, I think, on McBride or at least one to kind of keep an eye on because if you guys remember the last series against the Hawks, with that whole situational thing that Tip says, which in the a regular season, usually means, you know, your ass is on the pine. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't really, it's different in the playoffs because he, he, in the most, in the biggest part of that series, remember he threw in Frank Ntilikina cold uh, to guard Trey nice. Young on the final possession. And again, that the Knicks lost on a Trey Young floater, um, th- Frank was was situational. And he also put Frank in again the next game in Game Two, I think at the end of the second, at the end of the first half, to play a certain situation. So Tibbs, in terms of those young, those little quick, uh, you know, press kind of guys, those defensive guys, he will throw you out there during these kind of situations. So it didn't necessarily work well at all for the Knicks in that series against the Hawks. I don't know if maybe he'll say that didn't work. So I won't do it here. I tend to think that he may still give me that opportunity. And given this matchup where you have two high end guards. It feels like this is a series that McBride's gonna have to get some minutes in because whether it's foul trouble, because of just how just how electric some of these guys can be, like if Garland gets going or um or or Mitchell gets going. Like it, you may just you may just need to throw McBride out there. Give these other guys a blow. Give them a different look. So I think that the McBride point actually is is a wonder I don't think I've heard many people talk about yet, but I do wonder if we'll see any of McBride here um keys just to, on game one because we're about to get to the series but keys, so nicks win in game one in your eyes uh
1: obviously we talked about randall um if it's close brunson's gonna have to hit some big shots he's, he's their best clutch player um and then you know and, and as we talk about the series going forward um my X factor is, is RJ Barrett, um, you know, kind of how he plays. So, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about that a, a little bit more in depth in the next segment. Um, but yeah, you know, listen, uh, you you bring up great points about the importance of game one. Um, it feels like, uh, you know, we've been prepping and preparing, th- you know, this game for a week. Um, you know, I think, you, you, you kind of know what you're going to get from from uh, Josh Hart. You know what he brings to the table. You know what Brunson brings to the table. Um, you know, Mitch Hardenstein and, and, and the second unit IQ um, seems built for these moments. Um, can Grimes continue his momentum? Um, a lot of question marks going in. Um, RJ Barrett's is the one guy who has struggled, so we'll see if he can kind of get back on track because the Knicks are going to need him.
0: Yeah, I think for me in game one, I want to see the Knicks get off to a good start. I think that you have a Cleveland team coming in. A lot of excitement around the team. They had a great season. Of course, they made the trade for Mitchell, and now it's playoff time. Um, Any chance they can maybe take advantage of maybe some early nerves. I think the Knicks will be – it will be important for them to get out early, Um, get out and run early, particularly, you know, don't necessarily be in love with playing in the half court. Like, I thought one of the things that really took Cleveland by surprise in that last game was how much the Knicks were getting up and down the court. Of course, the Knicks are a lot different team when Randall's in the starting lineup compared to when Obie's in the starting lineup. But I think whoever starts, the Knicks got to take what they saw in and then say, hey, we can run on these guys, uh, get some easy shots, because you don't want to play against that set Cleveland defense. Uh, Cleveland set with those two Twin Towers. It's going to be a long, long series. So I think the Knicks got to get up and down the court, um, get off to a fast start, and you know, and try to see if they maybe get off to an early first quarter lead and kind of make Cleveland play catch-up as opposed to trying to play from behind against a Cavs defense that we know is vaunted
1: good point point. and the other thing is uh, again the added importance of Randall he's been the guy that set the yep. tone in the entire yeah, season first
0: quarter um, yeah
1: second in the league be, uh, behind Luka Doncic in, in terms of points scored in the first quarter um so so often each and every night he's the guy that gets you you know your first three or four buckets in you know, 10 12 points in that first quarter which really helps set the tone um one thing about um you know, uh, trying not to overreact to big leads or, or large deficits, et cetera, things along those lines. Um, both teams have shown that they can come back from, um, yeah. uh, you know, the double digit deficits, uh, Cleveland actually 17 wins this season when trailing by at least uh, 10 points. was one stat I was picked up in the, uh, in the preparation. So yeah, the, these, I, I expect, um, you know, teams will go out on runs that, you know the the, the the other team will, will counter, um, and you know it's just the nature of playoff basketball. But again, to your point, you don't want to fall behind. You don't want to, um, because then you're going to fall into, if, if especially if you're the Knicks, you don't fall behind early and then have to play catch up, and you know expend all that energy to get back in the game, and, and most concerningly, um, you know have the, the tempo pushed up a pace, um, and and need to get buckets because you want to stay within within agging distance of this Cleveland team. Because again, um, and as we'll talk about in the in the next segment. They are a tremendous defensive team. They're one
0: full behind. Yeah, and I think also that's a crowd that may not be an angry, scary crowd, but it is a loud, effective crowd. It is not an easy play to play. Cleveland also had one of the best home records in the NBA. Um, That arena, you know, in the LeBron era, has always been a a great home quarter fan. So take the crowd out of it early. Like, it's also a good start in the first quarter.
1: So,